Welcome to the Rumpus Room. Hey everybody, how's it going out there? It's the boys from the Midwest back kicking it here in the Rumpus Room. And let's hit them with a takeaway message of the day. I've always had an issue, not an issue, but I think I've had trouble finishing a lot of things. And one area I could talk about is just books. And so I've thought, oh man, it's great to like read a book and then, you know, if you don't like it, put it down. Uh, but I've been trying to increase, I'd say, willpower, my willpower of like staying in things longer and stretching myself. So building more of like a discipline. And so one of the things that's been helping me is finishing things like to completion and then doing a little bit more. So one thing I've committed to is like, okay, if I start a book, I have to finish it. I can't, I can read multiple books at once, but I can't put it down. Mm -hmm. So that's been helping me because it just, it helps me make better decisions. I'm more focused on getting things done. And I think it is building more willpower in me. So I feel like I'm more able to do more things and concentrate more and push myself. And I think that's something that in sports, we know how to do really well. And, you know, at work, sometimes it's very apparent, but it can get, it's just sometimes it's pretty easy to just jump on another tab and start something new. Mm -hmm. So that's been something I've been trying to, trying to do. And it's helped me a lot. Uh, just even the mentality, I think is a good mentality. You said do something more. Is there like, what is the next action? Are you like, you said you should finish it and then do something more. Does that mean like you write a summary or do you just mean like. Like, I, go, I, I, yeah. Yeah. So in that sense, what I have is like a, basically a web of learning. So how do I connect that to what I already know? So it's trying to look at how your brain works in a network. And so how I have been reading the brain makes connections based on what you already know. Mm -hmm. so the best way for people. And, you know, I've been trying this out is to remember things is to basically try to put it in my connection of what I already know, a web and so like, let's just say I learned something new, like, like, for example, even this willpower thing that I've been talking about, I learned it and I was like, what concepts do I already, you know, either have down in a, in a notes. And there's actually a couple of programs you can download online. One of them is called like obsidian. There's like Rome research. There's a lot of programs out there that can, they're actually tailored to this specific approach. So you can like link notes and see them visually and, what that's helped me is, I think, advance concepts in my mind and then expand. So you can kind of, it's, that's like the next step that I've been taking after reading a book. Are you using one of these mapping tools? Yeah, I'm using this Obsidian because it's actually free. Uh, so it's, it's O-B-S-I. D-I-A-N, free marketing. Uh, but it is a tool that you can download. And I I don't know, I, I have a Mac, so it's like, I think Mac-based, but it is 
helpful because it helped. You know, I, I can take notes there and I found it's much better than just like a random note file or something where I'm able to kind of connect different themes and uh, willpower has connections to concentration, to focus, to, you know, getting things done, you know, finishing to do's, all that stuff. So it's, it just helps you kind of connect tasks and I think really cements learning in a different way. Do you just use it for books or do you use it for like your work as well? I've been starting to use it for work if I can. It's a little more complicated, but I do think there is a lot of correlation. Hmm. Uh, there's this movement called like building a second brain, which is trying to document a lot of what you have in there. Mm -hmm. uh, so I've been exploring it. I'm not all the way in on that because I think sometimes they get so note obsessed that it takes away from like the, you know, we're just, we're trying to learn here and instead of make like perfect notes. So that's one of the things that I'm trying to just keep in mind too. Is like, I don't have a ton of time to just document everything. So it's sure. like, at, at what point is this productive or not? Mm -hmm. um, I would imagine what are some of the challenges with fitting your work um, organization into that structure? You know, there's actually a lot more cor like correlation in certain concepts that I've been finding uh, is I just think a lot of human behavior is very similar. So when you think about sales, it can relate to, you know, like say I've been doing a lot of work and I talked about this a lot of the podcast, but a lot of work on reading people and, you know, how do you start conversations and, you know, just like discovery, getting to know people. So from a work standpoint, it's like using all of those concepts, but that actually relates to like, you know, reading a book on relationships and how do you have friends and how do you talk to people? So it's, a, it's very, some of that stuff actually has a lot of crossover. Yeah. Um, that's interesting because, uh, I am using a similar mind mapping software. It's actually just called Miro. It's a giant whiteboard application basically. Um, but I don't think it's as dynamic as Obsidian as you're talking about. Um, but one of the, then I, I run my work out of Microsoft OneNote. Mm -hmm. And uh, we are like a OneNote company. That's like what everybody does. And um, it works really well for a lot of things. But what it doesn't do is go beyond the work agenda in any way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I... I can appreciate a, a different organization that makes a more um, connected picture to the extracurricular activities. Yeah, because, you know, I think work is, and I've found this on the personal side, the, the more you grow personally, you see that in work and the more you learn personally, it like helps you. So I think translating that is important. Yeah. Uh, and just, you know, I found any personal growth stuff that I've done, and this isn't like reading a Tony Robbins book, but it's like just other things of like, how do I, you know, make myself calm, you know, faster? How do I control my breathing more? That all I think helps you perform better at work. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I'm going to give that a try. Um, yeah. So cool. today, today was 
uh, Mother's Day and uh, shout out to all the mothers uh, out there. Um, what were some of your takeaways? Uh, so this is the first, I'd say, like, first Mother's Day for my wife as a mom. So that was fun and interesting and stressful, all of the emotions that go into a day like today. But, um, you know, watching, it, you can see how much it does matter to, to some of these mothers, you know, to be appreciated and you do see all, all there's a lot of work that they do to keep families together and moving and it's a complicated job and you know we all have our specific you know the roles we play in our family structures and i think it's always good to just be grateful for what they do and try to do and do so it's it's a good day and i you know, just one of the things I noticed was how appreciative she was of like actually getting th like thanks from people. And it did mean a lot to have somebody just say like, Oh, happy mother's day. Or, you know, like, I appreciate you. Like it, that, that did matter a lot. So I think the day went pretty well, a little, some ups and downs, of course, you hang out with family, <laughs> were perfect, you know, yeah. just like, ride the skateboard down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, well, um, it was good. Um, I similarly noticed the highs and lows. Um, was happy to do a few nice things for my wife and new mother uh, of, my, of our son. Um, at the same time, uh, I think these days are really challenging. Um I think celebrations, family is really challenging, um, especially our family for whatever reason. I don't know why, <laughs> but uh, um, these days when people are um, recognized, recognition and the acceptance of recognition requires um, some humility and grace, which I don't think people are often comfortable allowing themselves the um, freedom to go around. And that's one of the reasons I, I struggle so much with celebration, because I think to a certain degree, I, I don't want to be celebrated because I don't think there's really anything to celebrate about myself. We can dissect that a million different ways if we really wanted to that's not my point that's a whole other conversation which sure is a flavor of my life but like I, that's that's how i feel i understand it's not the right approach in terms of you know how to live a fulfilling life you have to take some moments and stop and appreciate and celebrate the accomplishments or even just the person themselves like for whatever reason i struggle with birthdays I don't really care about my birthday. I don't really want to do anything for it. I feel like it will be more of a burden to have people take time out of their schedule to do something for celebration purposes. And I don't want that. I don't need that. That to me doesn't make me happy. But um, do you know, Adam, just to side note on that, you should become a Jehovah's Witness because they don't celebrate birthdays. <laughs> really? 
no they don't believe in them oh so just a tidbit you you may have found a tribe but oh man goodness well a lot more to unpack on that one but that's just one of the things i know i'm 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 second guessing that direction now suddenly (laughs) (laughs) although i do look pretty good in a tie a zoot and tie (laughs) you're very persuasive if you try to (laughs) get the name tag out and uh you know uh get on my mission right i don't know um you've had anyway the the jehovah's witness we should table for another time because that's a hilarious thing in and of itself um but um so where i was going is like when somebody says something to you like happy mother's day or happy father's day or happy birthday to accept that statement you have to almost like let your guard down for a second and be like wow this person is trying to pay me a compliment Mm -hmm. and that is a step towards the vulnerable and we oftentimes work to not have ourselves be vulnerable because of whatever reason it might be and um so these days i think can be hard because you got people that are approaching you know more vulnerable states which as you said highs and lows Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the day become, uh, these days always come with pressure. Too. Yes. You know, so everybody's got to look their best and there's going to be photos and this is a day that everybody will talk about. And when you're seeing family, you know, this will give everybody a couple months of things to talk about of, oh, we saw this person and, you know, this is what they looked like and they look great or they looked like crap. You know, obviously that's not, but that that's kind of what you feel like is your there's a little bit of pressure around the day mm-hmm. and that's same it's a very that's you know you go to a party and you're kind of feeling the same pressure sometimes too maybe a little different depending on where you're going um but yeah these days do bring a little bit of pressure and i think in families too it's like complicated to select who to see and when to see and how much time and, you know, and I think what every younger family is struggling with is how to form their own family nucleus mm-hmm. too. And mm-hmm. the other family, you know, like the families, your, your, your um, older, older like family or your, aunts and uncles are the people that you would always spend holidays with when you were younger are, you know, sometimes it's like holding on to some of that behavior and how do you transition out of that? And what do you do and what do you not do? So there are a lot, there's a ton of decisions that you have to make <laughs> as to what to do. And it's sometimes, you know, you're never going to please everybody, which is um, tough too, especially for people that like to make everybody happy, that's a very difficult thing to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's something I've, you know, we've been talking a lot about a lot as a couple is like, how do we transition to, you know, through some of these periods of seeing everyone and seeing enough, but then also not like running ourselves ragged and being just like tired dogs and not spending any time as a 
nucleus together. And yeah, we've got a very young sun. We have one, so it's not as not as complicated. So there's kind of a natural transition, but you can feel it starting to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We feel the same thing and it's a, it's a struggle to figure out those boundaries and make sure, um, they're in support of the, uh, relationships you want to build and also the, um, you know, kind of the, the traditions you want to set forth. Uh, and when you're a new family, you're, um, always being plugged into the existing, um, the existing infrastructure. So, um, it can be, it can be tough to find your own way. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely is hard to find your own way. And, you know, ultimately it's, you know, families get, families want to be together and they want to enjoy the time together. And, you know, same thing with birthday parties is sometimes you create this sense of like, we're supposed to be having fun and it's, you know, it's supposed to be this day and it just, you know, there's just more pressure that comes with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think your kind of example of like the, the birthday parties and there is yeah more, more emotionally at stake. And I think we do a lot of these things as rituals and, you know, as a good thing to bring people together um, and to try to, make sure we honor everybody because we know we all are trying our best and we're trying to do what is right. And I think that's why, you know, it's just, it's, it's complicated and we're all trying our best. Everybody, Mm -hmm. we all know we are. And um, yeah, it's just hard because it's just, how do we, how do you make it through? And I think you see some people handling it with a lot of grace. And so you do appreciate that you know when people are able to handle with grace and you know make sure they're there and sometimes they leave earlier and it's not a big deal you know it's just like kind of how do you handle that it's tough Mm -hmm. it is tough uh and I, i think it's a it's far different for um at least in our family where the gender roles are shall we say more traditional um men versus women uh and this idea of like kind of communal celebration um is is different um just by way of how how the different genders traditionally have approached like community um i thought you brought up an interesting point before we're getting started here in terms of like how oftentimes it was men who were going out and hunting in packs and um in i'm, I'm going to just head a particular direction so if I, you were not going to go this way just correct course correct but um i'm i'm seeing how um like when you're going out and hunting with a pack you are in an environment of abundance and your cooperation increases the ability that you would all bring home more meat to distribute, right? Like you are actually invested in working together. Yeah. The incentives are aligning. When that meat comes back to the tribe, it's a fixed pie. 
and um, it's a different group of people managing it. And I'm not saying this is law or whatever, but like I could see how these types of norms would evolve where um, it's a different game being played when um, the incentives are not necessarily aligned in terms of like, if there is a bite of meat of a fixed pie, it's different than going out and killing five versus six. So um, was yeah, that and similar I, to yeah. what you were going to? Yeah, that's exactly the direction I was going to go with it was, you know, you even think about like protecting the, the pack, like say it's a traditional more protector role. It's like, well, you, if you and your, your bro next door are all loaded up with arms, you're both going to benefit from that. <laughs> Similar thing, like going out and hunting. It's like you go out and you've got this team of people, you know, well, you know, Bob's lazy, you know, but so let's just make sure we, we all know that when the, when the zebra comes out, Bob's not going to chase it, but whatever. Bob's here, and maybe if a zebra runs into him, it's fine. So, you know, it's like that's – you deal with it in a good way, and you do have a little different approach. Whereas women, traditionally, you know, as I'd, I'd say like mothers, the the survival of a child is is very important and ingrained, and I think that is a – beautiful and a wonderful thing and you know as a human being who was raised by a mother you can sense that type of commitment uh to you or to your family or to your brothers or to your sisters and it's very ingrained so it's more complicated when you're thinking about other relationships and we were talking about sometimes even the female the female relationships you know you talked about kind of the fixed pie but also like the, I want my, my group to survive, my kin to survive mm-hmm. through. So that's what they are focused on. So even sometimes when you're friends with people, it's like, Oh, you know, you're, you're a wonderful person and, you know, just don't get too close to my, my kids. <laughs> just like, it's, you kind of sense that could be a way you could see our history impacting some women and some men and you know i'd say we're talking very traditional more gender roles and i know that is a big topic of conversation in the in kind of the political and the social scene right now is what what are we dealing with there but i think that's you know it's just good to i think to know historically how things are because i think too that does establish some type of thread as to what is the norm of behavior yeah, we should shy away from and you know, act like it was a bad time, but it was just a part of it's a part of us. Yeah, um, acknowledging what was is important. Uh, we can't just act like you know what happened in the past never happened because it's not congruent with today's ideals. Um, that's a surefire way to just repeat history uh, and not have learned anything from. Um, the tribulations of past people who have fought for, uh, you know, whatever it is that they have fought for so that we are here today. Um, Yeah. It's like, you know, um, there are doctors doing lobotomies. So taking brains out of, you know, brains out of people's heads. And it's not like they were thinking like, 
uh, this is never going to work. <laughs> no, they, they thought they were doing the right thing. So, and now we kind of look back like, man, those guys were psychos or gals are psychos. And, you know, that's not, I'm sure, the intent. So when we look back at history, it's really easy to say, oh, man, they're terrible people or, you know, and that, you know, somebody probably will say that about us some days. Like, wow, I can't believe they were doing it that way. They had no idea. You know, we're just kind of continually learning and figuring out and evolving. Yeah, I think uh, microplastics are going to be that for us. People are going to be like, oh my gosh, those guys wrapped their food in plastic, in petroleum plastic. <laughs> like, Not just food, but like everything. <laughs> everything. <laughs> they oh. even touched it. Yeah. And yeah. we'll look at it it's all over the ocean. <laughs> yeah. The fish are eating it. Yeah. And they're... Uh, uh, you, 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 uh, did you tune, I don't, did you tune into that Rogan about like the, uh, the, uh, lo- <laughs> I can hardly even say it because it's, uh, so hysterical, but there is a region in the male genitalia or rather between two parts of the male genitalia, uh, that you can measure the width of, or the length rather between shall we say, two foci. <laughs> uh, did you ever listen to that, yes, Rogan? I yeah, did. okay. okay. The, the distance uh, would imply certain, you know, Matt. Uh, certain levels of virality or yeah, actually sperm count. Sperm yeah. count, yeah. All of the things that a lot of people are worried about and impact us a lot. And so and, microplastics have been found to be a contributing factor to um, re- reduced length, shall we say. Uh, not not exactly what you mean, what you think we mean when we say reduced length, but uh, if you search hard enough on the internet, I'm sure you'll be able to find. Um, although you're sure, you're, you may want to use the Brave browser or, uh, okay, or DuckDuckGo. <laughs> yeah, I would use DuckDuckGo because Google then is going to start to send you some pretty effed up crap. <laughs> you're uh you will round out your search profile <laughs> <laughs> no matter if it's congruent or not you will be dinged in a new direction that ai will just pound you with new information and they will never forget that search no nothing you've ever searched will be forgotten unless somebody pulls a similar mr robot like clean sweep of the uh uh, search history of uh, mm-hmm. of all of us. Um, are you using the Brave browser full time? Oh yeah, full time. I haven't I haven't made the switch, but I think I'm going to. Yeah, I've done it. It's actually a pretty easy transition. Um, you, you don't notice much of a difference. So, are you still able to stay signed into email? Yep. Well, that, you know, I am because we're a Gmail client, mm-hmm. but yeah, I'm able to, I'm, I have had really no issues. I think the first week there was some issues and I think it really was like websites either like blocking it, but I think they figured out a way to get around it. So now I, I, I mean, I don't think I've noticed anything. I would have to imagine you don't have paywall issues. 
No, you don't. I mean, there's still, there was at one point sites that wouldn't load for you, mm. you know, and then some of them have like all this ad stuff that shows up, like, you know, you're not, you're not going to see our full site because you're not getting ads and stuff like that. But sure. They're, they're figuring out a way around a lot of that. That's great. Yeah. And I know, you know, this is kind of a random topic, but I know uh, Elon just kind of ripped out Twitter. Do you have any thoughts on that one? Kind of a random thought that was in our list, but. I am. Um, I'm happy you asked because uh, I've had so many thoughts about what's people's criticisms of Elon and um, what it appears from my perspective he's doing. Um, It appears, you know, he says things like to have a more equitable system, the left should be as pissed off as the right about how much they're being censored because it should be the same. And I think it's remarkable to me that a statement like that could be controversial in any way. Yeah. Um, But it is. And, uh, um, I think it's representative of, uh, the, uh, and I'll just say it, the left leaning previous, the previously left leaning bend of that platform. I think people are really scared that oh, big time. it's, it's going to go away. And so, um, I'm, I'm excited to see what happens. Uh, he seems to me to be in support of free speech and, you know, um, are there going to be more Tesla ads? You better believe it. <laughs> He's buying it. I mean, come on. Use one asset to prop the other one up. Who cares? I know. It's just that's just natural. He would be would be a marketing. human being. Yeah. Bezos bought uh, Washington Post. Made them start writing a bunch of articles about how sweet Amazon is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All of a sudden, there's a deal. You know. Oh, Microsoft's big cloud thing with the government's all under wraps now. You know, it's like, yeah, you know, these guys, it's, I think there is the right intent. And yes, there's going to be some more, you know, more Tesla ads and it's not going to be perfect. I do think it'll be an interesting change of everything. And, you know, with me, it's kind of like, I've seen Twitter go down pretty quickly in terms of either you know, like the product is kind of bad and you're seeing like the same thing with Facebook. That's like the weird, awkward pivots into meta and, you know, they're trying to really catch fire like they used to. And I think they're really freaked out by this concept of the Dow changes like every, what is it? 10 years or like the, the top 30 companies or 20 companies oh, sure. yeah. shift every 10 years. There's a completely new set of them. Mm-hmm. And so I think they're trying to prevent that as much as humanly possible. And that's what keeps all of their executives up at night. And they're trying all these like shifts and transitions. And sometimes I think that we talk about kind of that loss aversion mentality versus this abundance. Mm-hmm. I think that holds them back. It'll be interesting to see what Twitter does when they don't have to do a you know quarterly report all the time. Yeah, I'm excited to see if it can be a more representative platform for free speech. 
um, in whatever way Elon thinks that he can do a better job than the current or the previous shareholders. So, um, innovate. I'm not, I don't, I don't, I typically innovation is a good thing. Um, I don't have this, I don't have this rosy ideal that he's going to figure it out or they're going to figure it out, but it will certainly be a new iteration. And frankly, the reason I'm on Twitter and I'm not on Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok is because they're too addicting. Um, yeah, they're, I can't handle looking at faces and people and pictures all the time. I'm just, it's so easy to manipulate somebody's brain. And I've just been like, you know, with at least Twitter, it's words and ideas and discourse. And that to me is just easier to digest and not be so, um, tied to it. So, um, yeah, no, I think it's, I think it's really a good, and I, you know, Twitter was set up as, you know, those in that Jack Dorsey's big thing is the free speech platform. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, the fact that he is, he, he's come out and said like, this is a free, uh, this is the right direction for me. So I'm comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. Was, uh, I think it's a vote. It is a vote of confidence that the founder is pushing it. Yeah, it is. Uh, it'll be, it does speak to the times though, for a company to need to be private in order to support a free speech agenda. That's pretty wild. I, well, and that's the thing. I think people are so freaked out of Elon because they cannot control him at all. Yeah. Like he, he, he doesn't have to answer to a lot of people. You know, like I think people are used to more power and control and having some, you know, ace in the hole on somebody. And, you know, I don't know if that's true on Elon, but it seems to me like he's not as controllable. And I think that's what really freaks people out about mm-hmm. this specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like yeah. Bezos, Bezos had his, uh, all of his picks out on the world and... <laughs> He got hacked by the, what was that? The Saudi government. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, it's just like these people are trying to find ways to, to control. And I think Elon's a little tougher to not to crack. No kidding. Um, I mean, how often would you be able to just launch a spaceship into space? And, you know, like, I don't think Elon's very far away from, having i'm sure there's i i would not be surprised if there's a contingency plan where it's like here's here are the people here is the mission protocol i always stay within x amount of distances from an airport so that in an in the event of whatever i can get to the launch pad and we can like you know go on the foraging mission to mars or whatever like i i i believe there I'm sure are, he's spent time on that for sure. Yeah. Uh, and I don't, if, whether or not they're ready right now to do such a thing, um, I'm sure it's, uh, I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's in some, in some, in some circles. Uh, and I think it's, I think it's fascinating. I, I want to, we'll if see where it goes. A new population and he's one of the first few, man, that would be interesting to see how that, that evolves. It would be. Um, 
we are uh we're in we're in some strange times here but uh let's let's pivot to uh some stories of um of your recent uh adventures yeah so i had a uh, a bachelor party we went to nashville and we golfed this really nice golf course it's private country club in order to be on the course you need to have or be a member of the course and you have property and so you know it's very selective and there's a lot of celebrities that are there and country music superstars specifically and i you know what was really cool about this place is so the way we typically think of country clubs is rules collared shirts tucked in you know never you can't run on the you know whatever it's just tons of rules like as a kid it's like no fun zone kind of Mm -hmm. like there's always somebody that's there to yell at you and he's this old guy just pops out of trees and yells at you for doing whatever you know whatever's wrong sort of the old caddyshack like yeah the old curmudgeon man yep Exactly. Like that's kind of what you're, you, it's like in the back of your mind is like, you're going to yell that not here. So this is full of people that have lots more money than people that at that, you know, that country club we're talking about lots more. And their whole thing is like super relaxed atmosphere of like wear gym shorts. The only thing you can't wear is jeans or jean shorts. Stop it there. But everything else, like well, you know, at least it's not lawless. Shirt. No, yeah, I mean, <laughs> stop it at, at the exact right point. <laughs> but you don't even have to wear shirts. Like people are, some guys were having a big old time without their shirts off. Um, like in the restaurant really, or in the bar. Well, I think in the restaurant you have to have a shirt on, but you don't have to have mm. you don't have shoes on. So one of the nice things about it is I actually was golfing without shoes on. It was quite enjoyable. And, you know, you just like get to feel the, feel the grass in your feet. And, you know, it's obviously very well manicured and we just had a really good time because it was such a relaxed atmosphere. And it was really just like, Hey, let's just have as much fun as possible. And, you know, they had lots of good food and the drinks and everything was just kind of set up. It was like, it kind of was, we called it the adult playground, like adult male playground. Mm -hmm. They had a wiffle ball. uh, They had a wiffle ball field. Mm -hmm. So you could play wiffle ball with your bros or they had like a kid's zone where they had like a fishing watering hole and tons of parks and jungle gyms. It's just, they're trying to create these communities and you felt like very accepted by everything and everybody, even being a guest there. It was just like, Hey, come on in. And so we got to meet some really famous people. I don't know if I'm going to say their names. It doesn't really matter, but so it was really just like an adult playground. It's kind of what we were, we were experiencing. So it was a lot of fun and just being with a, a group of guys in this type of atmosphere. And we were just talking about how nice it is to have a different, um, a different take on golf and on just like a social scene. And that is refreshing, especially, you know, we had, you kind of have the typical country club lifestyle. And I think this is just a lot better, <laughs> a lot better. Uh, what was it like in terms of 
crowds like were there a lot of people or not really uh you know so i think there's like 250 members or something like that very sparse but like a friday night we hung out on there's a driving range that has like a bar on top of it and we were all smoking cigars and hanging out at a bonfire and there was live music and nights. I don't know, there's probably 30 or 40 people. So it's like a decent size. Mm-hmm. People weren't like, you know, smashing beer cans on their head, but there was, people were having fun and, you know, just kind of chilling. I do think that Nashville has a different vibe um, outside of Nash Vegas, but like the downtown Nashville, mm-hmm. it was just like a really good, I think, like healthy atmosphere. I, we really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's just, it was like a, a playground and for eight guys, there was eight of us. It was a ton of fun, a ton of fun. How did you do in the games? I, I, the first few days I, I did super well on the first day, like super well. So I was up big time. So I lost a little bit on the second day, which, you know, my first day just kind of carried me throughout the whole weekend. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Yeah, it's fun. And, you know, we're not playing for tons of money, but it really just was fun to get back and get competitive again or get more competitive. It is fun. Uh, We've been caged up like dogs for the last two years. So speaking of, I've been getting back into basketball and playing pickup basketball. So that's been fun. Oh, really? Are you playing at the old Y? The Y, baby. Nice. The Y, and it gets competitive. Sure Tempers does. get hot. Everybody, you know, you got your, just how you would think of, there's the same people in the gym. Yeah, there's the the hothead, the one that calls a foul on everything, the one that gets mad, gets really aggressive. There's a couple of really nice people. You know, it's just a good group, and it's fun to just play and run around and get out some of the energy it is fun uh at the gym i i go to they have they used to have two basketball courts but they recently converted one of them into a pickleball court Mm. so they went from two b-ball courts down to one and and there's actually three pickleball courts but i always i always chuckle when i walk down there i'm like man um they're really just like pushing the uh, the geriatric sports here now at this club. Like, <laughs> uh, and pickleball is a really fun thing. Don't get me wrong; I love to play, um, but uh, they they really didn't need two basketball courts. You know, not not a, there were never there was only one time a week two games going on at the same time, and it was pretty rare. So. Um, it was a good move for the club overall, but uh, pretty hilarious to think that we're at a a, a location in downtown Minneapolis and um, pickleball is is taken over and putting up a permanent residency. Um, that's yeah, a big wow. that's a big step for health clubs. Yeah, downtown that is crazy. Mm-hmm. I haven't played ball in a while because uh, I stopped playing when it approaches ski season. I'm always like worried about screwing up Getting something. Injured. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um, it is a fun thing to do. Nothing will tell you how out of shape you are until you go and play. Oh so man. Pick up, pick up basketball, you... pick up soccer, whatever it is like competitively it is again. 
It's so rough. It is rough. It is like, like cotton ball, cotton ball mouth. It is tough, but you know, I, and I'm super rusty cause I haven't played for so long. I mean, it's been like four years, mm-hmm. four years. So yeah, getting back into the, get the juice going a little bit on the competitive side is fun. You know, like whether it's golf or darts or whatever, it's just getting back into it. I think I'm really enjoying it a lot. Well, hopefully we can find a bunch more um, avenues to exercise those uh, competitive juices um, this summer. I think it'll be a, a good one for activities like that. Big time. Big time. It feels like people are ready to get out and enjoy that. And the summer is always fun. I think there's a lot of activities you can do at the cabin competitive wise. That good old volleyball game gets the juices going. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Uh, I was at the office for the first time in a very long time and it was odd to experience that camaraderie. Um, working at home really is different from a, um, from a camaraderie and like competitive spirit and team perspective. Uh, it is very much lost Mm -hmm. on, um, on zoom. I will say that it felt, yeah. yeah. Big time. So anyway, I think that's all we got for you tonight, folks. Tune in next week and we'll be back kicking it here in the rumpus room.